Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Wire, Ben Lomas, and we've always done Jaya Singer. It was only a matter of time before the professional broadcasting skills of us goes so bad that we don't so even bad. get our names right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. It's good stuff. Good stuff, everyone. We've started on a high. We have esteemed guests like this, and this is how you make them feel comfortable? Come on, man. Well, our next guest. Uh, next guest makes me feel comfortable. Would you like to do the intro? Well, wait, hang on. So you said next guest as opposed to the one that's actually in front of us? <laughs> yeah, what about me? Yeah, no, no, no. Next guest, please um, welcome. Um, I was going to say something, but I can't. Uh, folks, we have uh, uh, an incredible stand-up comedian, was a, uh, a Raw National finalist, was a Best Newcomer nominee. His stand-up is fucking fantastic Solid. and 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 um if you get a chance to see him i think he's performing in brisbane and sydney we'll find out from him soon uh but please welcome the absolutely hilarious lewis garno thanks so much boys thank you thank <laughs> thanks you. for having me uh, weird we don't do plugs at the top but just because it's on my mind so you're in brisbane right now i'm in sydney now and then i go to brisbane after this i'm so doing what, when are your sydney shows so my, my Sydney show opens tonight, the 4th of May. But that would have been uh, yesterday for our listeners listening on okay, the day cool. this drops. But yeah, are and you I'm doing anything? I'm in Sydney till the 7th. Uh, yep. 7th is my last show. And then I'm in Brisbane the May 11th till the 14th. May. Oh, nice one. Nice one. So yeah. you uh, just came off the back of a comedy festival season. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, this would have been your third solo show? This was my... Um, I'm not going to be mad at you for not realizing this because a lot of people ask me if it was my first um this was my fifth really? fifth solo number five yeah i think i have when did you get best new comedy was that 2019 uh, okay okay yeah, okay yeah so i counted um, that and then i thought you had I've, one on uh, uh 22 COVID. I've, COVID. I've done it there's covid i've done a few shit shows that have really flown under the radar <laughs> seriously i've done i've done a couple of festival shows that looking back now at, at the time i remember being like i'm plugging this you know my numbers aren't great and looking back mm. now i'm like oh they weren't good shows like no wonder they had no buzz seriously right. <laughs> um but i can say that now because the one i just did i'm really happy with i'm well, this so show this that is- i've just done this is what I was going to ask. So that with those things, I always like to assume that we're all growing and evolving, right? And we're learning new things. Mm-hmm. What is it about that realization that you couldn't have then, but you do now? Like what makes you like, what may put it this way? What click? What's to say that in five years yeah. from now, you're not going to look at 2023 20, show and be like, oh, that was terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what's, what's and, the difference? and that, that might happen, but I, so like, since I started stand up like nine years ago or whatever, I always knew in my logical brain and people would always tell me that, um, you, you know, you've got to be enjoying what you're doing on stage and being true to yourself on stage. Mm. You know, even if you are doing a character, that's not you, it's still got to be an authentic Authentic. version of you. Yeah. And I've always known that like in my logical brain, but this year, and and I've had bits in the past that are that, that are authentically me, but this year, this whole hour feels like me. The and most I've you never, I've never had that before. That's All, almost every like... bit felt like me. And oh, I've never had that wow. before for a whole hour. Yes. Yeah, see, that's it a good really metric. clicked. So yeah. can I say then, I actually, because the reason I asked that question is because I'm reframing that for myself in a way where the difference between, say, 10 years down the track and looking back and saying, oh, this wasn't good versus this was the best I could do at the time. Do you know what I mean? There's a yeah, big difference between yes, the two yes. because I would say it's like looking at your year one drawings. You wouldn't say, hey, that's shit. Look totally. at this shit fucking coloring that's done. You're like, no, that was pretty good for yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that's way what that I, tell I can my discern kids between... when I see their drawings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but genuinely, there are like, say my 2019 show is objectively, objectively better than my 2015 show. However, I think my 20. 15 was better i did better than i could at the time versus the 29 thing i think i totally. dropped like my standard that i was able to perform at was much higher than what i actually ended up doing but i was giving myself that that particular year was one whole show that i wanted to do only about the one topic and see if i can pull it off and it was really hard but i just know that i could have done better whereas 2015 even though it was not as good as 2019 I still felt like that was a better version of me. I don't know, or more yep. closer to me doing my best. Does that make sense? Yep. That, yeah, 100%. That's what I, I've got that with my last year's show. My mm. last year's show, I feel like, wasn't at the standard 
that I was at last year. Yeah, it was probably a couple years behind. Whereas my 2018 show when I got nominated, Uh, probably not as good. I hadn't been doing comedy as long. But for where I was at at that point, that was definitely the best show I could have That's exactly the point I was trying to get to. I feel like I was the same this year. I feel like it was the most fun I've ever had. But then it was also funny to see friends who, of course, you know, I don't know, like when friends come, they watch you uh, and they also support you and they also like to give you unsolicited feedback. And <laughs> But it was like this year was the first year that like a big crew of mates, like 12 of them who I've known since I started, but they were all, it was just the nicest thing. They were like, it was the most you show we've seen in years. Yeah. It was wow. like, and also for them, like one of my mates, uh, Engelman, who just turned around and said, it's so nice to see that you've improved so much. And for me, that was like, I want to put that on a poster. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just, my friend said totally. I've improved. But it just <laughs> felt so good because he's seen them all. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's there. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, from part of me, it was just like, oh, it's nice. And then, you know, I don't know if you had the same feeling. You're still going, but, you know, I finished my two weeks and I wanted to keep going. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Which is a good feeling to have. Uh, That's, once. Yeah. And what about uh, so the last time you and I got a ch- long chance to uh, a chance to chat for long? Uh, you were still working as a teacher's aide. Um, yeah. Are you still doing that, or was is it getting too hard with the touring? I, yeah, I'm still doing it, but it's getting to it's getting I would say to a point where it's um, it's yeah it's tricky to balance it, them. But I'm in an awkward position where I'm I'm nearly successful enough as a comedian to yeah. drop it, but not quite but it's hard to manage the time. Um, the school I work at is so great and they've got a, like, yeah, they've, they've just got a really good relationship with me and they're flexible with, okay, you're touring now. Mm. When you get back, you can work more days and that sort of thing. But yeah. I feel like at some point that might, I might have to Well, they'll just need to get someone who can be there. That's the tricky thing. Like you're trying yeah. to try, catch up on hours. Do you, do you still... Could you do like what a lot of, of our friends who are teachers, do you have to do a certain amount of hours per year to keep your registration or is that not an issue? Not for a teacher's aid. I don't have okay. to do that. But um, look, but- don't you do, isn't that thing where they might actually, you might be able to complete your teaching degree while still simultaneously working? Yep. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at doing. So I'm, um, God, this, uh, this fits into the theme of your podcast. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, I, I've yeah. been, I've been thinking about like my life more like the next 10 years 15 years whatever and i think i'm just gonna slowly start chipping away at because i've done a bit of a teaching degree and then i dropped out i'm gonna just start chipping away just do a a subject every semester um like really slowly do it and you know in eight or nine or ten years have my teaching qualification finished um and you know maybe it won't take that long but i'm just thinking negatively maybe it'll take four or five um but anyway i'm just thinking that at some stage i might want to do comedy and teaching or i might get sick of comedy i don't know you know you never know um and i just i know i love working with kids i love know i love comedy so i'm just thinking that i'll what if you became yeah. a kid's comedian? Then you get butts to both You know what I mean? No. Like, no, 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 no. Come on. Our good friend Mark Trenwood. No, I feel like Lewis and I had this conversation on tour when we were on tour that I was like, you know, you could like, because I was always fascinated by kids' comedy as well. But it's like, you know, it's, if you speak to people, you know, you know, you speak to comedians who've done it where they just like, after a while, they're like, I fucking hate kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. You're getting the, you're getting the worst thing about kids. Like they're shit audiences. They're brutally honest. Yeah. 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 Mark's great at it, but yeah, I just yeah. don't think, I, I mean, I would do a little bit of it here and there, but I don't think I have the the drive that he has with, cause they're yeah. such shit audiences. <laughs> Um, like, they really are. Um, I love. I love that, Lewis. How old are you? How old are you, Lewis? I'm. I it, today's my birthday. I'm 28 today. Mate, happy, <laughs> birthday. happy birthday! Happy birthday! Yeah. That's a. Um, well, I love that's it. Awesome. 28. 28. 28. Oh, man. It's a great year. It's a great year, 28. When we had uh, Olivia Rogers on, former Miss Australia, we got her a cake, Ben. We didn't know. We got Lewis a cake. Oh, it was a cake. 
she was her birthday and she came and did the pot. I was like, oh, I feel bad. See, so we got her a cake. I didn't know this. All right, I'll get a shot you a cake next time. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, from the Fitbit budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, this is what I love about you, Lewis, because we got to know each other when we were on tour like last year. I think it was like in July or something. Yeah. And we, we, we hadn't known each other. And I think that the fun thing about a tour is getting into it. That was it was such like, a fun tour. It was such a fun tour. I, it was just yeah. so much fun. And then, um, and then, but what I love though, which it made me, when you hang out with someone younger and you connect and you develop a friendship, but what I love about you, Lewis, is I, I think about when I was 27, 28, but your ability to reflect like on mm. where you are and where you're at life is something that I have friends in their forties who still find it very, very hard to do. And just even then, yeah. just then, just like, I just loved it. Just reflecting on maybe I'll do my teacher's degree but also adding no judgment on what you want to do. Like, I think that's yeah. like so many people just worry wow. about the future, worry about that. Cause when we were on tour, you were just like, you said, yeah, I'm really enjoying comedy. And that's why I guess my question is going is like, all I want to do is just buy a van and travel. <laughs> <laughs> and did you end up buying the van? I got the van. I yes! got the van. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to live his fucking out. dream. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's such a nice comment, Lomas. That's that's really sweet. Um, it's just yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I I remember one time me and my brother we went to Fitzroy Pool and we'd had a big night the night before. And you know when you have a big night and you're feeling a bit sad the next day, sort of thing. Yeah. And we we're in the pool. I don't know why this has just come into my head, but he and we're talking and and we said something like you know just try to make the world a bit better than it was when you got here and and then just try to enjoy yourself and do what makes you happy, which is, you know, just a classic bullshit cliche. But for some reason, when we, we discussed it in the pool and I don't know, it's always really stuck with me. It's like, okay, like the van's going to make me, if I want to drive around Australia, go camping, that'll make me happy. When I'm doing comedy, if I'm enjoying it, it, it makes me happy. I don't know, like, just always no, see, try to those, think about those that. Two, those two seem to be more like in line than say becoming a children's comedian or whatever because you could literally i mean again i don't know if you're friends with uh kel balneves also from, yeah, from adelaide yeah, yeah absolutely kel's like teared up his own kind of um regional gigs on his own and yeah, he's, it's starting totally. to build really like and he you know he goes from darwin to so many little tiny towns and he just yeah. finds a pub uh sets it up and he's been selling out and yeah he's fine carving his own kind of like comedy tour because and i and i cannot tell you how much i fucking love and respect him for that because he's a cracking stand-up comedian and just not getting the the shine that he deserves so he said fuck it i'm not gonna wait around for yeah. it i'm just yeah. gonna still i love doing comedy i love driving i love my weird car so i'm just gonna get yeah, into it and so totally. yeah so you actually could do that but uh, before we unpack the van though i quickly want to point out but maybe it's the brother thing because i had a similar experience in 29 2009 so I was just about, sorry, 2008, December, I was just about to start my career as an accountant. And my my brother was visiting from out of town and he had just quit his finance job and he was in this kind of limbo phase. And I played him a Hamish and Andy uh, clip because uh, it was a CD that I'd bought and I was playing different clips. And there was one particular clip that uh, is where they, it was like a blooper reel and they started laughing and they couldn't continue working. They had to yeah. go to a song or whatever. And we we were both pissing ourselves. And when that ended, my brother goes, "Man, they're getting paid to have fun. Like, yeah. why not yeah. us?" He literally so said that, that. And then was that, I would, yeah, go. Were you still an accountant? At yeah, that stage? I was about to start yeah. at KPMG. You know, in <laughs> wow. the next month, and wow. I was like, "Yeah, he's right. Like, why can't I make that for myself?" And and my and because they Hamish and Andy were both from Melbourne Uni as well. I'm like, I'm from Melbourne Uni. Surely yep. they met on the Commerce Court yet. That's where all my friends are from. So I thought, <laughs> I was like, maybe if it worked out for them, I should give it a shot. But then obviously you bury that because you've got an accounting job. And yep. so, but, but yep. that was the seed. I reckon it might have something to yep. do with siblings and connecting with your, with your, with your you and, know, family. Yeah. It, it, it's, but it's also, I just made me realize that I could be wrong here, but it's also in our industry, I feel like there's, there's a lot of big egos. It's just the nature of the biz. That, that's how it works. There's one right here. You think you guys think I'm looking at your screen? I'm looking at myself like, the entire time. <laughs> Can you blame me? Don't look at me. I'm <laughs> yeah, funny. you're looking good. <laughs> the, um, can't lie. <laughs> the, but Lewis, you seem to have 
you know, to a degree, you know, but you seem to have yours in check. Have you always, have you always, mm. do you, like, where, how does that come in? Can like? I, can I? Can I add, can I, can I add, I love this question. And can I add one more thing? Is this anything to do with the chat we had? Uh, yeah. Following up from Ben's question, would that have anything to do with our chat about mushrooms? Wow. <laughs> and the ego question. death that comes with yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, possibly. I think I was going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll firstly, I'll say, I think having older siblings who like, uh, How like, bully you in a friendly way two older sisters one older brother yeah, um, yeah, and who who were always just so loving but they you know they never let you you I, I couldn't get away with having a big ego growing up with them right they would have just been like shut the fuck up you loser like <laughs> uh, the mushrooms yeah like i don't know what do you think about that deal like i, Cause I I'm, think i'm yet to i'm i was gonna say i was like, well fuck it i don't care I, i'm getting some soon <laughs> but but i haven't had them yet um and um and i know that people who have never done it before in my world um, recently have bought all I think everyone's kind of waking up to to uh the realization of psilocybin and 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 all and the health benefits around that yeah and as long obviously there's still you know this, the science is still very uh limited in terms of the way people react to different strains and stuff Period. so that's why it's not it's not that's why it's not like across the board cleared yet but Johns Hopkins and all these different places in Australia as well they're doing heaps of research on it yeah anyway one of my uh, people I know who has never done it before said they had one of the most profound experiences um, and they came out of it with such a different perspective on their their family their career themselves and their role yep. in the universe in, as well yep. and i and it, it came down to a shrinking of the ego in 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 being more of like wanting to be of service to people than be entitled to you know your own happiness you know what i mean it's like no 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 totally. i'm here to serve and it came off the back of a mushroom trip yeah 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 well i think like the thing that I've always noticed is like the connectedness with like when you're when you eat mushrooms, the connectedness with the earth, with the trees, and yeah. with the people you're around. Yeah, and you you have the moment that I've had, and I don't know if it's an ego death, but the realization I've had is, oh, there's there's actually no space between all of us. We're all just this living thing, and we all feed into each other, and and. Yeah, I guess that is. There's no individual you and I. It's all um, interconnected. In it some sounds way. so hippie. I no, know. but but, no, no, but that's no, no, what no. we. That's no, what no, I felt right, when I. That's you're been... in the right. You're in the right podcast for this Lose, chat. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I I I have that with one of my oldest uh, mates. Um, uh, where he came to visit. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know this story, so I'm wondering how much <laughs> are you going to actually unpack. Yeah, I know. Uh, but he, when I, when we, when we celebrated the year two thousand, um, two of my best mates, who are still best mates, uh, they both came over, and we all, we all, we all took them. And so back in Holland, when it was legal, and you could go to a smart shop, and you could get it, and we all had it. But it's that shared experience where, at the moment, once you're all on the same page, um, you just sort of connect in a way. And I think that's why so many people laugh so much together, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. Yep. But we just always talk about this shared experience where we were looking at fairy lights in the tree and we were just talking about what a great time we've had and that we've traveled around Europe and it was just a great way to end it all. And then yeah. suddenly all the fairy lights started falling out of the tree. It was like the tree was just raining fairy lights. And wow. I remember saying to Luke, yeah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get it. Don't worry. You didn't get it out. No, you, no, didn't say, you, didn't, you didn't say Luke. I said to Luke, I was like, oh my God. Luke what, McGregor. <laughs> what do we want to do? It's we ran over and all three of us ran over and we're like, we should put the fairy lights um, back in the tree. And so we put all the fairy lights in our bags and then climbed the tree only for one of us to go when we were up in the tree and I cannot climb the shit I mean, they were all on a branch each putting dirt on a tree and then my friend Luke goes do you see what we're doing here I was like the fairy lights are here and my mate goes but we put them back I was like no mate we just filled our bag full of dirt climbed a tree and then all three of us didn't know how to get down and couldn't stop laughing <laughs> 
Wait, so there were no fairy lights? No, the fairy lights in the tree, they just never fell down in the first place. We just saw that all together at the same time. They never fell down. They never fell down. That's amazing to all have that that's hallucination yeah, yeah. that's that just shows how much of a shared experience it is yeah and so and, and that's then, what i hear about those things i'm like yeah it does do that because i've experienced it yeah 100 percent. yeah and that that connectedness i was walking i got a coffee the other day in carlton and i was walking through a side street and i saw this woman and she was <laughs> this sounds so dumb but i just loved this moment she's standing on the street and she was like touching the bark on the tree and she was just like really interested by it and she wasn't that sounds like something that someone mentally ill would do she wasn't mentally ill at all she was just like she'd been walking past this tree because i stopped and chatted to her she'd been walking past this tree and she thought that bark looks really weird and then she just started touching it and i feel like with our phones and everything you don't see people just on the street having like a little moment with a tree and it like made me really happy i was like oh she's in touch with whatever's going on lewis you would i reckon you'd be into this um the Botanical Gardens runs a tour. I've spoken about this on the podcast in 2019, I believe. Uh, a tour called uh, a forest shower. It's called a forest bath, and it's uh, it's a Japanese technique called Shinrin Yoku, I believe. And it's kind of like it's a meditative therapy, um, which is actually subsidized like by the equivalent of Medicare in Japan. So that's how much they back it, wow. you know. And and it's basically in the one in the Botanical Gardens is along these lines. It's almost like tapping into the five different senses. So one particular one, it goes for about an hour or two. I can't remember exactly, but it's quite a long sort of process. And I remember when he first said two hours, I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to be walking around for two hours in front of nature. And by the end of the two hours, I was like, I don't want this to stop. Like I just felt so chill. And so the first part is literally like looking and touching the trees and like sort of like finding, like gravitating towards an oak tree that makes, for whatever reason, you know, you want to like, you're getting drawn towards. For whatever reason, don't question it. Just spin around until you feel like you want to approach a tree and just put your hand on it and just see if you can create a story for yourself as to what's ha- what this tree oh had God. to share. And that's the first one. Then the next one is you go to the herb garden and you take your time and uh, smell each of the different herbs and see if you can guess what the smells are. Then the next one is a uh, sight. I can't remember what the sight one was. Then you walk through the fountain when you just listen to how the water changes. So these different things. Wow. Uh, and it ends with the Japanese tea ceremony. So you get a nice cup of tea at the end of it as well. And I reckon you'll be right up your alley. It's like 30 well, bucks or something. A hundred percent. And this is the thing. Like I, like this, this fits with, the themes of your podcast as well. Like I've, I've been going to therapy and it's great and I love it, but to get to my therapy, I've got to drive 40 minutes in Melbourne traffic, you know, <laughs> someone beeps at me and, and I get frustrated and, and all these things happen. And then I'm, I got to find a park. I got to pay for the parking. I'm stressed about that and then run in. And it's like, yeah, the therapy is then great, but maybe I just need to walk around a forest for a couple no, of hours. You know what, what I, I love mean? is like, I love is that the like, therapy is first, the first half an hour just takes up it's, escalating it's just, what just it's happened. Fixing, fixing the, yeah. the, the route to therapy is the first thing I need to unpack with them. I just, I just love the idea that the next time you go, it happens again, but then you get T-boned by your actual therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, oh, I'm paying up. for this. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, uh, yeah. So like, the exactly. other way to, yeah. to get touch in, in touch with nature is, uh, I guess I'm I, I'm lucky I have to do it as well. But in the school holidays, it's a big part of what I do with the kids is we've got to get out and we've got to go bush. If it's not bush, it's beach. And if we can combine the two, and we always go down to Aries. Yeah. But it's the same thing where we go with one of my um, besties, uh, Glenn, who uh, is a horticulturalist. And so there's nothing more fun than actually going out and then seeing nature and getting in touch with it, but then learning with the kids as well which is a whole yeah. thing where it's just like, I always forget that I can learn with them as well and then get excited mm. about a particular berry and then get yeah. told that whether we can eat it or not, or we went, you know, mushroom picking, which was, mm. I, I don't like mushrooms. I've never liked them, but my God is mushroom picking so much fun. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I spend the whole time looking for the magic ones. <laughs> but also you're, that that's interesting because it's also, it's the kids, right? Because I think about yeah. this at work, working with kids. Like, have you felt that low mass in terms of like getting away from your ego? Like surely having kids is it it forces you to not have as much of an ego because you've got to care about these 
and you do care about these other but also, people. What, what, and I've said it, this is, it was years ago, but when the day Minka was born was the day that, like, so much of my ego just fell off. It literally wow. fell off. Yeah. And it was wow. the most, wow. you know, like, you know, talk about having an awakening experience of mushrooms, but I think about that time where I was bawling my eyes out, but it was the relief of so much doesn't matter anymore that the importance is just shifted. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, what yeah. I held and what, and what affected my ego was just... And, and I was so, so funny because my dad always... My dad always talks about me calling him the day the day Minka was born. And so seconds later, and he always goes, your voice changed. Like, since that moment, you just... It's like we, wow. we bonded closer as a dad because finally I understood what he went through and what he has and why wow. all the what conflicts, he'd done. Yeah, what he'd course. done, what he'd sacrificed, yeah. like all these things. And that was day one. And like, sure, the feelings have changed, but it's still that, that thing at the end was like your ego gets in check as well, but also a big part of it disappears whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, so now I'm torn because on the one hand, it sense. sounds like it'll be healthy for me to have a child. But for the ego side of it alone, you know what I mean? But on the other hand, I, I, I doubt whether I'm not going to see that baby and go, oh, my God, look what my cum made. Like, I just... <laughs> yeah, how good am I? <laughs> <laughs> my swimmers. I got strong swimmers. <laughs> That's so true. Look at this gorgeous kid. He's got <laughs> it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, <laughs> Lewis? So with, with that... Uh, awareness around, uh, I guess, as Ben said, I guess it's a self-awareness and keeping those things in check. It It is a fine balance in comedy where you need to have a self-belief that you are capable of doing something that most can't, or at least most can't consistently do. Yeah. Put it that way. Every one of us has had like, you know, people can have an amazing gig, but to do it consistently is where the work and, and drive and thinking you're special enough to push through yeah. it comes in. So, it, it is for me, I think, a nice bit of a balance between recognizing your worth, but also not using that worth to to think you're better than others. Because I've been working around this idea of the difference between self-care and self uh, selfish. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure yeah. exactly, but it's the word entitlement is somewhere in the region where you feel, if you feel that because of your worth, you're entitled to certain things, I think that's selfish. Definitely. Yeah. That's so, oh, it's such an interesting question. It's so hard, isn't it? It's like, um, I think what I realized during lockdown was because, because I couldn't do stand up. I was like, oh shit, I tie stand up too much to my self worth because mm. when it was taken away, I felt really shit about myself. Mm. And so it's like, um, yeah, this is a part of me and I love doing it, mm. but my worth as a person, like all of us as people, can't be defined by my occupation it, it, it some you, I, and i don't know how to do that that's like something i'm working but then on, at least you, trying to keep that separate at least you're on the start of it because of especially this particular type of and like you know whether it's acting or any kind of career any any anything that basically has a um an element of you have to outsource the longevity exactly. to other people yeah. that's a dangerous one to to hang your self-worth to because you're not as in control of what a reviewer thinks whether you get booked yeah. for this thing whether you win an award or nominated or even if the crowds are laughing or not yeah. you're outsourcing a lot of that to other people totally. rather than finding it from within and it's funny you mentioned that because i had my version of it was in 2018 i think it was a 2019 2018 because I was very determined to become sexually confident while I was still fat. Like I didn't want to lose weight and then start being, you know, feeling attractive. I was like, no, it's important that I recognize that my weight has nothing to do with my uh, attractiveness to, 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 to people or whatever. And I did that. I felt confident and I started dating a lot better and stuff like that. And finally enough, that's when the weight came off. Yeah. Uh, but wow. then when I went to Edinburgh, I matched with this person on, on Tinder and I went on the date and I realized I wasn't confident. And I was like, what the fuck? Why? What? I found myself really like falling back into my own ner old nervous, um, needy kind of uh, desperate, desperate vibes. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And it hit me. It's because I realized she doesn't know that I have a, a profile in Australia. And my wow, self-worth yeah. was purely linked 
to the the work I do here as opposed to actually feeling good about myself. And yeah. I, I called my therapist like, uh, sorry, when I got back, I'm like, we got more work to do. <laughs> We've got, like, there's too much self well atta- attached to my job. And so when yeah. the pandemic hit, I'd actually got ahead of it. Like I was already ready. And I think, Lomas, I remember telling you on the pod, um, the big realization for me was that uh, uh, when the pandemic was that, oh, I just, what I really get out of stand-up is that I love to talk about myself. I've just found a way to monetize a really annoying party trait. You know, like I've, I've just made people pay me to do something that most people would find annoying, you know? But, but because of that, I realized, okay, well, if that's what I'm getting out of this, then I want to make sure it's worthwhile. Whatever I'm saying is worth sharing. You know what I mean? So it almost gave me a purpose back to the material that I'm doing. So say, for example, this year's show with the heart attack, a big part of the drive to dig deep and try and talk about the stuff that was scary was to go, you know what? I wish I'd known these things a couple of years ago and maybe I would have got my cholesterol a bit under control. Yeah. So so that's kind of where I've now reframed all my stand-up as to is this worth sharing and hopefully it's funny. Definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like and it's like, do I want to share this? Do I want to talk about this? Like mm-hmm. I, I reckon the best in some ways, the best sets, like you know those sets, both of you, where like you're not crushing you're not doing that well but you're still finding a way to have fun because you're like well i like this material and i'm having a i'm i'm gonna enjoy this set and and they're not maybe they're not laughing loudly they're not hating it but you don't get inside your head of like oh shit because you're not getting as much validation as you want but you're not relying on the validation yeah i'm okay i'm yeah i'm still gonna enjoy this that's club voltaire for me you know, yeah, like, so, yeah. so it's a small that's crowd, six, up, seven, eight people. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and that's yeah. where, so, you know, and- I find a lot of stuff because in that moment, totally. you get, that makes sense. You get into that flow. And then before you know it, a question leads to a question, which leads into a story. And then, you know, before you know it, you, you know, you, <laughs> you know, it happened last week where it's like, you know, the, you know, just talking about how I used to pay my uni fees up front by selling weed and I used to pay him in cash. <laughs> like, and I had never thought about that story <laughs> until it somehow Hang on, stop. That's, that's stop. wild. Stop the press. Stop the press. Wait, wait, wait. Do you not remember two years ago you got mad at me because I kept calling you a drug dealer and you're like, I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> no, I do, I do remember that. I forgot about that. You just volunteered that information. There you Sorry. go. And now it's off your chest. No one cares. Everyone's so, fine. You're yeah. just selling medicine. That's yeah, also that's, yeah, just, that's okay. such a baller move to just pay your uni fees with. Well, with no, the no, no, no. That's I found out. I found out later. Well, that it's it was... the equivalent of a stripper playing herself through mm. school. But, but but also, but then there was there was. Uh, I, I remember paying two two years, two years. I paid for my uni fees because you got a twenty five percent discount if you paid uh, up front and uh, and there. And I remember, uh, I remember, I was like, well, this yeah. this is back then. I was like, well, this value makes no sense. But I remember. I remember just watching the person going, we never received cash. Well, we don't really know what the policy is. And it was like, we have to accept it. And then the next year, we're like, we're not yeah. accepting cash. Oh, really? <laughs> we don't know where this cash has come from. I was like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um I, I I think it's yeah. So with with that though, Lewis, uh, I just noticed as well. We just to shift gear a bit. I saw you having a little vapey vape. Uh, where yep. Ben and I were talking about this just before you got on, which was yeah. about is, is it about to get banned or and how do you feel like about it. that? Yeah, I I feel I feel good about it. I think it's probably a good thing. This is prescribed. This one. So this uh-huh. is I get this from the chemist. Um, uh-huh. and I think it's a, a like you know. It, nothing's then they're not healthy it's you're much healthier doing nothing but this is much healthier than those uh those dodgy like yeah ones, colorful ones. ones yeah yeah like they're so sweet this is no flavoring in it it's just sort of and it's all made in a lab it's just nicotine right. it's fda approved or whatever yeah and um yeah i'm not like if i really dig into myself or whatever i'm not fully happy that i rely on this but i also I don't know. I think it's a lot better than smoking. And, yeah. yeah. Were you a smoker? I, I think, yeah, I was smoking a lot. Yeah, I was smoking a lot. And I feel so much better with this. I'm, when I go for like runs or whatever, I'm running easier and mm. freer and my lungs feel better. 
Um, so I guess I guess it's a, it goes back to that cliche again, which is about it's a process, right? As long as you you're aware that like you're coming off the back of trying to quit smoking or quitting cigarettes rather. So this is a lesser of those evils. And then once you yeah. sort of, you know, get comfortable with this, then maybe there's that step down the track where you can let go of that as well. And it's like, rather than trying to change everything too quickly, you're just sort of taking your time with it. And which is Definitely. what it was originally yeah, yeah, yeah. for. That's what it was always for. Like that's you. Exactly. Oh, really? Exactly. And you get a vape. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. and you know, the big case study ah. was, you know, within a year, a million people in the UK got off smoking. They got off smoking using a prescribed yeah. vape. And now it's just gone absolutely bananas. And then now you've got 13 year old. Oh, banana is a good flavor. <laughs> you've got 13 year old kids just waking this, up in the middle of the night and any vape. Totally. It's so bad. And the, the, the single use ones feel more addictive to me, but oh. this, I, um, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about the vaping because the, obviously the better, the better thing about cigarettes is right now I couldn't have one. I'd have to wait till the end of this podcast, then go downstairs, uh-huh. go outside, roll it. There's a whole ritual that right. I have to do. So you're having less nicotine, whereas I can just have this, um, subconsciously, <laughs> but the reason that I, that's why I never did the vapes. I was always like, no, nah, I'm better off just having a few cigarettes. But then I, I spoke to Bev Killick on a cruise ship. Yes. <laughs> that's no Bev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fucking, Which is the, insane the, the Wim Hof of health comedy. Advice yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone has a pivotal moment with Bev and one story that reminds you and changes what you do uh, for the rest of your life. We all have one. I've got one. Dill's got one. You've got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally oh totally. my god oh my god but she when i spoke to her she'd been on the vapes for a year and the the time i'd seen her before that she you know she used to be a heavy smoker and mm. this time when i saw her which was recently she looked way healthier and she just right. and and she was talking to me about it and she was like i'm just feel healthier and i said to her i was like yeah but with the vapes you have them all the time as opposed to only having cigarettes outside and she was like who gives a fuck like it's better and she was just so sure of it yeah and i know it's crazy to get health advice from from Bev. Bev. no offense no to Bev, i mean but, i think um, full offense because she's someone who's had a stroke yeah. <laughs> exactly and that's what she said she <laughs> Would was you like take... she was like i couldn't get off the ciggies and i had a stroke and then i did it and and yeah, <laughs> okay maybe she might have a point my thing is i'm like would you really talk to me about um you know uh the, the the cholesterol stuff from a guy who's had a heart attack like you go i would i would now i reckon actually I that's a like, fair point you're not I feel you like know now what? you're probably a better person to talk about it than most post you know what I, I stand corrected you're right there is probably post heart attack i have so much more awareness around what is exactly. high cholesterol and not damn you got me there well done yeah. let's all let's <laughs> let's call bev right now and yeah. get a bit of t- uh, uh, <laughs> I, I always think right now. Uh, listen to this, but Bev is the reason why I was able to make it through that first year staying sober. Without Bev, it would have never happened. Like I quit drinking. I was three months in and then had to share a hotel room with her. No, a hotel room. Jesus. Would have, <laughs> I had to share a share. I had to share the Brisbane the Brisbane comedy God. apartment with her. And uh, through a heat wave, and I thought, uh, if I don't turn back to the bottle now, if I can get through this, I can get through it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But can I then push back a little bit there? What does Bev have to do with any of, like, why do you attribute her as the reason you're sober? I thought she gave you some advice. She gave you drank the whole time. Like, when you're around someone who just drinks the whole time, all you want to do is drink. And then when she makes you hold a Humphrey B bear while she's wearing nothing but underwear so she can take photos and put it on the internet to try and sell it on eBay, you lose your fucking shit. <laughs> I feel like we need to report this to HR. <laughs> All right. Well, Bev aside, uh, we stumbled on it uh, and I'm glad we got there organically. So you like running? Yeah, I like running a lot. Um, particularly for my... It's It's the one that... I go to the gym as well, but for my for my head, which is the main like thing I'm trying to work on, that running is there's no substitute for running. Running's the best wow. thing for my mental health, I reckon, that I've found. And I notice when I when I go a couple of weeks without going for a run, I'm like, oh, why do I feel fucking a bit mopey and a bit yeah. and yeah, it makes a big difference for me. 
And do Princess both Park? you guys run? La- laps of Princess Park? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. beauty. I uh, I love it. Ben, you don't do as much because of your legs, yeah? Yeah, I don't do it as much as my ankle. I ankle. love to do more of it. I got into it and was able to do 5Ks, mm-hmm. but the ankle doesn't like it as much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do I do very small distances, do. I'm not like you. Like, I do 3Ks twice yeah. a week, and that's, that's That'll good. That'll do you. Me, and that, my mental health is good. And I, I, um, good. I met a guy in Edinburgh I was sharing a, a calm uh, situation with, and he... Every day just runs three Ks or two and a half, something like that. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less, but but he does yeah. it every day. Yeah. And I think that's almost a better system than doing one marathon and never running again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, totally. like, yeah, you ran a marathon and, but okay, what have you done since? You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. he's like, yeah. yeah, just three Ks. It's small enough to commit to, but long enough to actually have an impact. So yeah, I, I think that's pretty good, man. Is I'm that also, like I'm also, Princess Park? Is that what that is? Three Ks? Three three cases at one lap of Princess Park. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. That's a yeah. decent. That's a decent nudge. It's, it's yeah. a, and yeah. it's such a nice run for people who don't it's know. It's beautiful. It's, it's it's such a stunning park, and also there's a real sense of you know community. Like that, you know, they do a lot of park yeah. runs there. And at the end of the day, with the uni nearby, it's just it's a real nice vibe. It's not just mm. you jogging it's by so yourself. Good. It's, it's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, it's cute. I like that. Do you have Do you have a preference clockwise or anti clockwise? I go. You go anti around. Around Princess Park, I go anti-clockwise. Yeah, yeah. I'm anti-Princess uh, yeah. uh, Park, but uh, Botanical Gardens, I'm clockwise. And I don't know why, it's just because every Saturday, Sunny. Saturday is usually my Princess Park day, and like Botanical is like Sunday or Thursday. And so it's oh. just fine, because during the lockdown, that's what happened. I, I picked a different park for a different one, just so it feels different, you know, yeah, because otherwise yeah. I'm just seeing the same shit every day. Definitely. Uh, so it became this routine where I had these little spots that I would split my runs around, you know? And um, so Princess is one of the best ones because it's flatter for starters. Exactly. Uh, and you can actually fang <laughs> it. That's when I do my 5K trials and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what about, uh, and so we, we, we've got a lot of stuff to co- you, you know cover off normally, and but we've just ticked them off like a fucking champion. Do oh, you, uh, I, I, I want to love, I'd love to finish off by talking about something you do mention on stage. So I hope you're not uh, uncomfortable talking about it here, which is uh, that your, you don't have hearing in one of your ears. Yeah, and, yeah. And which ear is that? That's my left ear. And so it's your left ear. And do, is that something you were born with or it happened over time? No, that happened um, kind of kind of quite suddenly when I was eight years old. Um, I went camping on the Murray River and I mm-hmm. swam. This is what my dad reckons it comes from. Well, I guess we'll never know. But I got an infection in my ear um, and... It's called a cholesteatoma. It basically it just corrodes. It get it latches onto the bones. I think you've got three small mm. bones in your ear, which are all really important for hearing, and it latches onto them and, and corrodes them. And you know, if you don't catch it, eventually it would corrode into your head and and into your brain. And it's just like a a, a disease oh, wow. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, don't put that on the Murray da- Murray River tourist <laughs> information <laughs> center. So I mean, unlucky. Like so I, unlucky. I, I, it, the doctor said when I when I when they found it, she was just like, "This is a million to one." You know, yeah. these these bacteria does exist in rivers, but it's so so unlucky. <laughs> um, and then I had I had to have surgery, and and maybe this is you know an ego thing as well, or or just I don't know, like a fragility or or an appreciation of life because I had to have all these major surgeries. Then from then on, every few months and. They'd cut it open. They'd like get to the bone. So in the left ear, they had to remove two of the bones because they'd been destroyed and then scrape out all the infection. And then they close it all over. But then four or five months later, you once you've recovered, it, they have yeah. to go back in and just make sure that it hasn't grown back. And every time they'd be like, we're just going to make sure it hasn't grown back. And if it hasn't grown back, you're done. And and that happened about 15 times up until I was 17 every like twice a year at least yearly and sometimes twice a year i'd have these major surgeries and every time they'd be like i'd wake up from the anesthetic and i'd be like oh i really hope they say it wasn't there and they'd be like sorry mate it was still there um we're gonna have to do another one in four months and and it's just like fucking what was the period how many years that from when i was eight Eight till till... i think i had my final operation at six or 16 or 17 years so let's say let's say eight eight years uh and twice a year 
Yeah, sometimes once a year, wow. but usually twice a year, yeah. So yeah. there you go. That's what you probably, in terms of your mental health, we can just draw it straight from that. Having to go through right, medical You're stuff. right, You're so right. Like, you so, like to go through that, that's, that's as a kid... To go through that and then have to have the self-reflection is that is talk about checking in with yourself. You had to do that every time. That, that is I that is amazing. So, yeah. That is absolutely yeah. amazing because you know that is that's a traumatic. Uh, you know, that, that, I can't imagine as a parent having to put your kid under the knife every time and go oh. fucking fingers crossed. Yeah. Here we go. Exactly. And then getting exactly. the oh sorry yeah. darling, we're gonna have to do it again. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that letdown, that fucking just, letdown every time. It's just, just like, like, oh, my and God. Then, yeah, just the idea. That, did we get it all? Did we get it all? Yeah, we did, but I'll see you in a couple of minutes. <laughs> did that, yeah, exactly. Did that frustration ever lead to, like, an anger of sort or kind of, like, feeling like, you know? I remember... Yeah, go. I remember one time my, my dad brought this up once because it, it really broke his heart I think I, I think just one time I kind of broke in the hospital and um and I I said to him like what like I, I get why this is happening or whatever but like why is it happening to me or something like that yeah. I was like oh why is this why does this keep happening to me you know it was after the eighth or ninth yeah. operation or something I was like why and he just like couldn't answer it there's, there's no answer for that yeah. and it really like upset him um, but what do you think yeah, about it now? I, so you're 28 years now. You've had 10 years behind you, or 12 years behind you, looking mm -hmm. at that experience. Yeah, it. I, I have to believe that it has informed your worldview and, I guess, the fallibility of of all of this. I think a, so. A, a, and and that might actually bring us full circle to the ego chat we had at the top, which is recognizing that this is all temporary. Like we like to yeah. think that this is so valued that and it's the most important thing in the world to you of course it is it's yeah. your body and your life but the reality of having to you know go through something like that at such a formative age for so many years i i assume that it must create a sense of um you know that this is all going to deteriorate I, one I day think so. and, and maybe you sort of let go of that attachment yeah i think it. i think it probably does i yeah and, and like that's not even a conscious like I can't consciously connect mm. that to my ear stuff, but mm. hearing you say it just like that, then I think it would have had that yeah. impact for it sure. Definitely, I, I, it I definitely has shaped who you are. Like there's, there's no, just there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no for sure. that. For sure. It's just understanding yeah. how and 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 why. Like I, you know, like I just think about you know me, you know, just you know when I got told I was going to lose the leg. And then when I went under and I was like, and I got told that they would have to go back in and scrape out all the infection if it was what they thought they were going to yeah. find and that, you know, what may remain your leg may not. And I just remember thinking at the time, I was like, is this one of many? And when I wake up, am I not going to have a leg? And it's also that concept of like, look, I could work out how to kind of, well, I didn't know how to deal because it was in lockdown. I was trying to, you know, compartment, you know, whatever that word is, just trying to, work out how to piece it together but as a kid you're learning you're growing <laughs> like also like going through puberty and having an mm. understanding of where you are at a different stage of life how you felt about it at eight would have been totally different about how you felt about it at 16. <laughs> jesus totally totally yeah yeah i think i was grappling with it through all those years and um i think that like, you know, you all, everyone grapples with shit as they grow up, but I reckon grappling with that on top of it maybe made me, cause I've been having like, since I was like 17, 18 years old, like people always thought I was older than I am, like in conversation and stuff. And I think I just maybe had to grow up quicker mm. and deal with that, like that, like death and yeah. fucking illness and all that shit from a really young age. Yeah, maybe. potential, of course, because it, it it's nothing accelerates you know maturity than than you know realizing your time on earth is limited or you know that these yeah. things aren't forever. Uh, and I think that makes perfect sense. Do you? What would your best shot at an answer be if that was you being asked that question by a you know twelve year old? Louis Garnham saying, why is this happening to me? Given the experience now that you've had in now and you've had, you know, a little bit more life behind you, 
Yes. What What would your best attempt at trying to explain? Great question. I would say I would bring it back to that conversation in the pool with my brother, and I would say there's some mm. things that are unexplainably cruel in the world, and all you can do is try to make the world a better place for people around you and while you are alive and healthy um try to enjoy and you know if you if if you do lose all your hearing in both ears still try to find some enjoyment in life in whatever ways you can and and uh the only thing you can control is is yourself and and how you react to things so try to yeah try to enjoy life um and and don't try to look for answers that are so there's unexplainable cruelty in the world and you can't find that, answers for that. That is such a beautiful place to end the pod, I think. I'm actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm genuinely having some tears in my eyes there because you're right, man. Good. You're you're so fucking right. Like the the the, the unexplainable cruelty thing is, is just such a powerful phrase because that's all it is sometimes. It is just cruel and it fucking sucks and it's hard not to feel you know take it personally it's hard not to take yeah, it personally exactly. but yeah, the reality yeah. is is those those get dealt out plenty of times a day across the world and oh and much go, worse than what i have much worse. Much, but that's the thing we, you, but but your perspective is your perspective right you can't there's no yeah. way to i mean we can slightly empathize with someone having worse but really when you're going through the worst thing you've gone through it's still exactly. the worst you know exactly. what i mean and, that's, and i don't that's, so that's why i'm very anti the phrase third world problems or for, sorry first world problems being because it I understand the 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 idea of checking your privilege, but I feel like it dismisses individual struggle because collect, collectively there's privilege, but individual struggle does not need to be diminished just because yeah. they are of a certain advantage, uh, you know. Yeah. But man, that's such a wonderful, wonderful place to finish on, man. So thank you first um, of all for sharing all of that. Man, I didn't amazing. know we were gonna get so deep. That was really that was enjoyable. I we really traversed the phrase. Lewis, from, you know what? You know? I knew we definitely would. Like <laughs> 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 that's what I that's what I was looking forward to it purely for that reason. <laughs> yeah. like, I just, it, it, it was like I had an idea of how the pod would go, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And we can't thank you enough for being on. Thank you so um, much for having me. Where I can people it. find Louis Garnham comedy or just Louis Garnham on, on, on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, Lou Garnham, L-E-W Garnham. G-A-R-N-H-A-M. I am Derek J and Ben Lomas comic. And I have my tour still going. I'm going to be in Brisbane tonight when you're hearing this on May the 5th at the Tivoli. And I'll be at the Sydney Comedy Store tomorrow and Sunday um doing my show Heartstopper and then June 10th I'm in Wagga Wagga and uh in in July I'll be in Bali come check us out <laughs> uh and uh 31st of June and the 1st of July Fit Businesses I will be in Sydney at the Comedy Store so Beautiful. Uh, I'll through the links and then uh uh we'll do it but uh Lewis thank you so much uh for being a you and uh and we'd love to have you on the pod again sometime yeah tickets uh, for I'd Lewis's show sorry I should say comedy.com.au to find information about the shows. Okay. Thank you. That was amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, guys. Cheers.